Hello there, it is July 26, 2021. This is Keith, SME Community Radio Station Manager. Glad to have this podcast restart of sports programming. Yes, we are bringing back the Cubs and the White Sox sports programming courtesy of the Locked On Sports Network and also Good Guys Wear Black for those of you who are White Sox fans. So we're going to the two podcasts of the Locked On Sports Network for the White Sox and the Cubs. Give us comments. We want to know if you like this or not. And we will be wrapping up the rest of the baseball season 2021 uh, with podcasts. And then we will see what we can do for next year. It's the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. This episode is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Have you ever listened to a podcast like this one and you wanted to bring up your own point or just chat with other people that are listening at the same time? Well, let me tell you about Spotify Greenroom. This is the first social audio platform made just for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with us, other fans, athletes, insiders in real time about your favorite sport or team. Download the app, currently available on iOS devices, Create a profile, link your Twitter, join one of the groups for the latest league updates, and then you'll see us there. Spotify Greenroom, changing the way we talk sports. You are Locked On Cubs, your daily Chicago Cubs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Cubs fans, and welcome to Locked on Cubs. I'm your host, Joe Kilgallen. You can follow me on Twitter. That's simply at Joe Kilgallen. Also, give this podcast a follow as well. That is at Locked on Cubs. I hope everyone had a fantastic weekend. It's hot and sticky in Chicago. Hope you took a dip. You guys get in the pool? You splash around a little bit? Hope that AC was blasting wherever you were in this fine city or wherever you are across the country. I know we got a national listener base. Thanks to WGN, which I, I hope... It, continues i gotta i don't understand what marquee network i want to support it because it's a network dedicated to the cubs and they got some good people over there but you got to make it easier for our cubs fans from coast to coast across the globe to be able to enjoy the chicago cubs that's that's a whole major league baseball issue though isn't it all right i think i could do a whole podcast dedicated to how major league baseball is screwing up for the fans fans want to watch the game stop making it more difficult have you ever had that you ever have a situation where I've, I've had this where I've had to buy tickets for an event before and they make it complicated? And that's what Major League Baseball does. It's like, hey, Major League Baseball, I'm trying to give you money. Why are you making it more difficult for me to give you money? If I live in San Diego or Arizona or Australia or wherever, I should be able to be like, hey, here's X amount of dollars. You give me the thing. I get to enjoy the thing. Right? See, I'm starting off. I'm feeling ranty. I'm feeling like there's going to be some rants tonight. You're listening to this on a Monday morning, I hope. I'm recording this late Sunday night. And as of right now, as of 1030 Sunday evening on July 25th, there has not been yet another major trade. Still, the Cubs have only made one deal, and that's Jack Peterson to Atlanta. There has not been another deal. I will be recapping the series that was between the Cubs and Arizona Diamondbacks. The Cubbies took two of three. I'm also going to revisit the anniversary, because it was the anniversary yesterday, I should say, of the Aroldis Chapman trade that went down in the year 2016. Do you guys remember 2016? 
Feels like ages ago, doesn't it? It's a good year. It's a good year for Cubs fans. Was it not? It was. So I hope you guys are having a, a nice little Monday commute to work. Maybe you work from home. That's pretty nice, right? Keep your pajamas on as you enjoy your day. Maybe you're on your maybe you're on the L right now. You're going to a job that you're, you're pumped up about, and you're listening to some Locked On Cubs. I appreciate that. This episode is brought to you by Locked On MLB Prospects. Draft season just occurred, and Locked On MLB Prospects podcast. There's a tongue twister for you. Is covering all the future stars. Host Aram Layton brings to you player interviews and farm system breakdowns. So check it out on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Cubs fans, like I said before, the Cubs took two or three from the Arizona Diamondbacks, winning Friday very easily, and then Saturday, eh, not a very good game. There was an L, we lose. And then yesterday, you know, which is today for me still, because it's, it's still Sunday for me in recording, the Cubs won by an easy score of 5-1. to one. Was that the final score? Yes, 5-1, to one, everybody. Some home runs. Home runs galore. It was weird, though, because, again, we scored three runs early and then did nothing until David Bodie hit a late home run. David Bodie's back. Welcome back, David Bodie. Good to see him back and healthy. He's a solid bench player. He really is. David Bodie is a guy that he is a utility, like 10th, 11th man type guy on a championship team. I really believe that. Every now and then I hear fans knock David Bodie, and I go, look, you're only mad at him because he's playing maybe too much. But he's a guy that you want to get three or four starts a week. He's like your premier right-handed pinch hitter off the bench. If someone gets banged up, you're confident playing them there for you know 10 days to 15 days in a row. You know he'll give you solid production. And he's the type of guy that will have a couple games. He'll have a weekend where he hits two or three home runs. He had a sixth home run uh, today, yesterday I should say. It's weird that I'm talking to you from the past, but I'm trying to make it seem like it's the present. Yeah, he went one for three with uh, two RBI and a walk. On this season, yeah, his numbers aren't pretty. He's in 204 with a 645 OPS. But again, he only has like 100 at-bats on the year because of the injury that he took him out for a long time. 147 at-bats, I should say. I'm updating that now. But yes, the Cubs won by a score of 5-1. to one. They've got, They got great pitching from Trevor Williams, probably one of his best starts since early April. He walked zero, struck out six, and six in a third inning and scattered five hits lowering his ERA down to 5.06. Oh, man, that's such a bummer. When someone has a great outing like that, and you're like, there you go, that'll help the stat sheet. You look down, and you're like, mm, nope, still pretty bad. Still not very good. Ryan Tapera, uh, he's back to looking real sharp. You know, he had a little dip, went on the aisle. He's come back, and he's looking like the Tapera we've seen all season, 2.91 ERA in the year. Morgan pitched a third. Not really, No, don't know what to think of him Yet, I don't think he's a mainstay or anything like that. He's just kind of helping out. Uh, Maples gave up the one run. He walked two, struck out nobody. Just not. Look, I said in the last podcast, these final two months, you're really going to see a lot of pitchers that were like, I don't know about this guy. But we're, we're going to need concrete, definitive answers on the future for a Dylan Maples. He was a guy the Cubs have held on for a very long time to the point where a lot of Cubs fans are like, why? Why do we keep giving him chances? And I get it in the sense that he doesn't cost much, if if anything. What is he making? Five hundred thousand dollars a year. Not scoffing at that. That's great money. But as far as a team investment goes, not much, you know. And his stuff is electric. He will have times where it's like, please be that guy every time. We gotta we gotta unlock that magic more consistently. 
because you're throwing a fastball in the upper 90s, a slider in the low 90s with a lot of bite. It's just, he throw, he's got nasty stuff. But then again, you know, he made it so that Kimbrell had to come in and, you know, get the save, even though it's 5-1, but because he, he came in with runners on base. Yeah, so that's the thing. I mean, you're, you're going to have to find out soon. So I say pitch Maples as often as possible. Because, again, if you get the losses, Cubs fans, we have to accept the fact that losses could be spun to meaning we get a higher draft pick. Silver linings. You got to find the silver linings wherever they, they lie. And, but then, this, but this will be it for, for Maples. Because, like I said before, I understood the idea of, like, oh, I want to keep him. Because if he goes to another team, you're like, and they unlock the magic. That I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. Dylan Maples is going to be like a Boston Red Sox next year or some, or a Dodger, heaven forbid, and he's going to be electric and elite. And we're going to be like, why? What, what, what were we not teaching you? You know? I don't know. Some people just need to change the scenery as well. So it'll be interesting to see how the bullpen plays out because I still think some of the biggest trade chips the Cubs have are their pen guys. Now, Andrew Chafin had a bad game on Saturday, but that was his first bad game like in forever. So I don't think it hurts his value too much. So the Cubs, again, have three big trade chips in Kimbrel, Chafin, and Tapera. Now, I, get, I don't want to get all doom and gloom talking about trades, but it's a big part of what's going on right now. Uh, the other highlights from yesterday's game where the Cubs, again, won 5-1 to one over the Diamondbacks. The Cubs didn't have a lot of hits. That's the thing, again, with this Cubs team. They start off the first inning. Wilson Contreras walks. Chris Bryant, bam. Two-run shot, 2 nothing Cubs. Anthony Rizzo follows, bang, home run, right field. 3 nothing Cubs, back-to-back jacks, right? We're feeling good. We're doing dances in our living room. We're happy. Contreras and Rizzo hug in the dugout, showing love. Camera got a glimpse of it. You're thinking, hey, look at that. They're buddies again. Sometimes people get into spats. It happens. It shows they care, I feel like. And then we don't score at all. Look at this. We get three runs, then we don't... Well, actually, we got the two runs. Uh, Bodie hit the two-run homer in the fourth. I apologize. But I remember at one point thinking, man, that's it? Because in the second and third, we went down pretty much in order. But yeah, we only had six hits on the on the game. We did walk five times, which is nice to see. Other performances. Rizzo seemed to have the best game overall, going two for four with an RBI. Bryant was you know one for four with two RBI as well. Patrick Wisdom drew a walk. No hits right there. Marisnik was one for four. Bodie, like, hit the two-run shot, like I said. And you know who had a nice game? Uh, Ortega had a pinch hit. Or no, he didn't pinch hit. He came in. He had a, a base hit there. He's up to 281 in the season right now, Rafael Ortega. Liking what I'm seeing out of him. Wilson Contreras stole a base. How about fourth on the year? And with runners in scoring position, the Cubs were two for six for a 333 batting average. Better than normal for our Cubs. Another thing I was going to talk about was the RBI stat. I'll save that for a little bit later. I've been thinking about RBIs a lot lately because it's an interesting stat. It's one of those ones where for a stretch, all this money ball people, sabermetrics, you know, fans who are really into the math of things were like, RBIs, it's a stupid stat. It's meaningless, blah, blah, blah. It's not meaningless because it means runs batted in. It means a run scored. Runs scored are good things. That's how you win games. What they would always mean, but, you know, these numbers people are so bad at explaining things. They can explain with numbers, but they're bad at explaining with words. What they mean by an RBI is a guy could have 120 RBI, but that doesn't necessarily mean he was a great hitter that year. Now, you might be thinking, well, 120 RBIs, clearly he was clutch. Not always. There's been seasons where hitters have had over 100 RBI, but batted like 230 with runners in scoring position. They just happened to get, every time they were 
in the batter's box, there was runners in scoring position. They had a lot of opportunities. I almost wish baseball had a thing where, you know, you have like field goal percentage in basketball. I would like it to be like RBI per plate appearance or, you know, RB. I know they have batting average with runners in scoring positions, the stat and all that, but it, it varies because there are sometimes there are like, like I said before, someone could have like 50 at bats with runners in scoring position. Another player could have 200 at bats. Depends who hits in front of you. It's all about like lineup construction. That, which is, again, is such an underrated part of baseball. Because a lot of times people will look at a lineup and think, oh, that doesn't seem all that great. How come they score so much? I'm like, because of the lineup diversity. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm beating a dead horse every time I talk about how important Nico Horn or Matt Duffy were. Right? You have Matt Duffy batting. The pitcher's like, well, I can't throw him sliders away. He'll take it for a walk. So now I got to come inside. That's how I'll get this guy out. But then the next batter is Javi Baez, who I want to throw sliders away to. So after working Duffy inside, I'm not trying to go away to this guy. But now I'm going too far away to the point where Javi's not even ans- uh, offering. Or because I'm so used to going inside to Matt Duffy, I now don't get the ball outside enough for Javi. He then blasts the ball into the right center field stands for an apotaco, op- opposite field home run. See, like those little things. The lineups are like a house of cards. You know what a lineup is? Here's the analogy I'm going to use, everybody. A batting order is like ingredients. So think about an amazing dish, like your favorite meal. It's got nine, we'll, see, we'll get rid of the picture, eight ingredients. Now, there, so the, the ingredients six and eight aren't like a lot. They're not like super important as, as big a deal. It's not as, as like ingredients one, two, three, and four. Those are like the most important ingredients. But you take out ingredients six and eight, it's not your favorite meal anymore. It doesn't taste quite the same. That's been the Cubs lineup. When you had Nico Horner and Matt Duffy consistently in the lineup from around May 1st through early June, when the Cubs offense, if you look at the Cubs offense in May, I think they were second in the National League. You know, you lose those two, and then it's like, all right, we're trying to make this pizza taste the same way. I should have just said pizza. I don't know why I said your favorite meal. Pizza is universal. This pizza is not going to taste the same. And then the pepperoni is going to be trying too hard. And then before you know it, the sausage is like, what am I doing here? I wanted an extension before the season began, right? It's this whole, it's it's very delicate. So every now and then, like I, I've 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 seen people float ideas where it's like, all right, get rid of this guy, replace him with this guy, and then have this guy here, and then they go, that doesn't look much better. I'm like, yeah, you're looking at it individually. Put them together as a pie. It's a it's a big big thing of pizza. Because like I've said about the Cubs before, 2019 is a great example. Schwarber had a great year in 2019. Uh, Wilson Contreras had an awesome 2019. Rizzo had a, a he was like a 900 OPS in 2019. KB 900 OPS in 2019. Javi had a really nice 2019. Those big five, plus you throw in uh, Nick Castellanos. I know there's some injuries there toward, towards the end of the season that really hurt, but they all had awesome years. But the offense still wasn't un, un, amazing. You know, it had same thing we've seen in the last two years where they wouldn't get a base hit for a week. They just didn't gel together. You know, you need a diversification. You need the different spices. Can't have all, all the spices being too similar. It's just, it's, it's overkill. I think that's a fair, fair assessment right there. Bet online, everybody. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to get all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL and your UFC 
MMA action. I mean, NFL is right around the corner, everybody. You Jones for fantasy, get on board. So before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or cell phone and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't send the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the games as your teams prep for the playoffs. Not our Cubs, though. Head to the website or use your cell phone to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus. That's amazing. 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. Where's your bobber? I'm not sure. You're never going to catch anything on your phone. Well, I just reeled in some big cash. What? How? A good fisherman never tells. <laughs> it's a good thing you're not one then. Play the Michigan Lottery online or in-app for chances to win cash. Over 100 online instant games to choose from with prizes up to $500,000. Sign up using promo code FUN to receive 10 free games of Great Lakes luck. Don't miss your chance to reel in the cash. Visit MichiganLottery.com today. Knowing your limits is always the best bet. All right, I did mention Bryant and Rizzo going back-to-back, and I'm thinking... When I saw it, I was like, oh, man, could that be the last time Brizzo goes back to back? I hope not, because the Cubs fans, I am going to the game Wednesday night. I would love for Bryant and Rizzo and Bias to still be in Cubby Blue. I, you know, I just, I, I hope they're sticking around for at least so I can give them a proper sentence, selfishly, so I can give them a proper send off on Wednesday. And, you know, I really, I was talking about this with some fans on, on the Lockdown Cubs Twitter. Someone said, you know what? They could get a lot for Bryant. They should trade him and then sign him back. That's really what the Cubs should be doing. And I would love that because it reminds me of what the Yankees did with Aroldis Chapman back in 2016. I know I'm about to start talking about the 2016 season. Do you remember? Do you guys remember? Pretty good. Pretty good year. Cubs won in seven. It was amazing against the Cleveland Guardians. Never forget it. They were all chanting, Guardians, Guardians. And we're like, not today. It's like, guard this, you know? And we won. It was amazing. And I know we want more. And hopefully more is on the horizon. And hopefully this is not some big, dumb, long rebuild that is totally unnecessary. I would like it to be, like I said, you could trade Bryant. You could trade Kimbrell. Load up. We're not making the playoffs anyway. But bring them back. I'm not saying you have to bring all of them back, but the ones that fit, make a decision, make choose a path, and really go for it. You, this team needs to be mixed up. We know that. But I think Chris Bryant is a special player. He is. I, I've been watching him this past weekend. He looks. Remember, everyone's like his hamstring hurt again, and I said, ah, that's precautionary. Should have seen him on Friday going first to third. He had a triple on Saturday. I mean, the guy is running fine. His leg feels fine. I think they were close to a trade deal or they were thinking to themselves, hey, we can't risk anything too big. If he's even, if he itches his toe funny, you yank him out of the lineup, Rossi. I think that was the message that was sent down, down from, from way up high, you know? And it's, I mentioned the Yankees. Now the Yankees in 2016 traded a Chapman, Andrew Miller. They didn't make the playoffs, but then in 2017, they were in the ALCS. Almost, we're almost going right back to the World Series. Going to the World Series. We've been the first one in a while. But still, they were right back in the thick of things. I bring this up all the time. I'm like, why can't the Cubs do that? People are like, well, no, because you don't want to spend money on free agents until the your new core is closer. And I'm like, listen, this idea that you can't develop prospects while competing is insane. That's just not the way that goes. And you also do not need to have a ready, set, go roster 
on April 1st. I give the Dodgers a lot of credit for what they did in 2017 and 2018. They went into the season with some question marks. Luckily, they played in a weaker division those two years. The West was not much. And what they do? They made big trades come the deadline. They traded for you, Darvish, in 2017. They traded for Manny Machado in 2018. Both those moves helped solidify the division title and made them scary come playoff time. Made them, hey, this, this is a contender. This is a team that can win the World Series. They didn't those years, but they, they made it. And did they make it in 2018? Yeah, they did. And so I think as Cubs fans, we don't have to – if we go into next year competitive enough to be close to winning the division where all we need is a nice splash at the deadline to send us over the top, then that's, that's great. Jed, go do that. My point is we can make smart signings without hurting the growth – of like a Brennan Davis, who should be up sometime in 2022. He had another home run like the other day. The guy's just absolutely dominating. He's going to be a top 10 prospect in all of baseball. Who knows how high, close to top five come the start of next season. This guy is going to be a perennial all-star. That's right. Another amazing draft pick by Theo Epstein slash Jed Hoyer to go onto the list of amazing draft picks they've had. That's the thing that always bothered me. There was a dip where they had a couple years there where it was like, oh, they didn't really develop much, and the farm system's kind of taking a taking a dive a little bit there. And there were people whose response was, well, get rid of them. I'm like, get rid of them? Like, are you kidding me? The OFC's the best, one of the best guys to ever do this job. And every great president of baseball operations, slash GM, whatever you want to call them, they've had dips, right? Where they're great and all of a sudden it takes a little bit of a dive and then, and then they're great again. That's just this idea of like, oh, two bad years, you're out. I just thought that was ridiculous. The 2018 draft is going to end up being one of the best drafts from the Cubs in a long time. Think about it. Nico Horner, first round pick. Brendan Davis, second round pick. Those are two guys who I would not be shocked if they were on the 2023 All-Star team together. I'm not kidding you. And if we extend Chris Bryant, he could be right there with them. They're not, we're not that far off. I don't know the media or someone really drove it through certain ones of our heads, making it seem like we are just so far away from competing. And I know I I get it's the uncertainty with ownership too. Are the Rickets going to spend like they did before? Come on, Tommy. I know you listen. Spend some money. You know what's hilarious? As I give ownership guff all the time on this podcast, but I got got a bunch of bad reviews, everyone, because I got into it with uh, some fans on the other side of town. Um, Chicago Dogs, man. The fans of the independent league baseball team, the Chicago Dogs, I don't know. I love – I went to one of their games. It was great, but the fan base there got really mad at me, and I can't go into Rosemont for a while until they calm down. But anyway, I'm kidding. I'm a comedian, everyone. I do that as well besides hosting a great baseball podcast. I, I got some I got some reviews. One of them was that I'm just a shill for the Ricketts, and I, I just tow the company line, and I defend them constantly. And I'm like, I'm constantly telling fans that if they don't spend this offseason, the fans shouldn't spend Clearly, I'm in their pocket. I'm encouraging people not to go to games if they don't improve this team in the offseason. That's definitely, I'm a corporate yes man. That's me. It's a wonderful one-star review right there. (laughs) It's so funny to get all these one-star reviews from people where I'm like, they've clearly never listened to an episode. You're allowed to do that, though. Like Yelp, yelp Yelp.com. You guys ever mess around with that website? You shouldn't. It's horrible. But people on there will write reviews, and I'm like, you've never been to this place. What happened? Someone someone said no to a date. 
you tried to ask the bartender out. She said no. And so you just trashed her place of business. Is that what happened? I remember one time this place, Roma's Beef. I don't know why I checked the reviews. I think I was trying to find out how late it was open. And then the reviews popped up on Yelp. Roma's is on Cicero. And this guy wrote, this place is terrible. They don't have any vegetarian options. I'm like, really? Roma's Beef? doesn't have any vegetarian. Why would you go to a place called Roma's beef? Your vegetarian option is the French fries. You dope. Like I don't understand. They shouldn't be allowed to write the review. There should be like a police or like some sort of person who reads the reads reviews and says, no, I'm not letting you take down this business. Cause you're an idiot. Sorry. That's not, not on my watch. Right. Speaking of great food built bar, everybody built bar are these fantastic nutritional bars. They have so many delicious flavors. They've got coconut, they've got raspberry, mint brownie. That's my personal favorite right there. Double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. So many amazing flavors, and the nutritional facts will blow your mind. 17 to 18 grams of protein. Huh? How about it? How about that starting off your day right? Calories ranging from 130 to 180. And here's the best part, everyone. Only four to five grams of sugar. That's key. That's key because so many of these other nutritional bars, I won't name names because I'll get in trouble, but they're out there. You know them. Check the back of them next time you're at the gas station thinking, I'm going to pump, I'm going to get like 30 bucks on a little 87, right? Feed my car, right? Maybe you go up a little bit, depending on how nice your ride is. And then you look at the back before you, you pay for the gas. It's going to blow your mind with 40 grams of sugar. Forget that. You're thinking you're going to get some energy. You're crashing by lunch with that. Forget it. So order today, everybody. Also, Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Go America, huh? Here's the offer. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 at BuiltBar.com. This episode is brought to you by Verizon Visa Card, a credit card built right. You'll earn rewards when you shop at Verizon, but you'll earn even more for everyday purchases. Then use rewards at Verizon, or on travel, or to get gift cards from your favorite brands. It can help you save on your wireless bill, too. This is the credit card built for the way you live. This is Verizon Visa Card. To apply, visit verizon.com slash Verizon Visa Card. Subject to credit approval. Terms and conditions apply. See the Verizon Visa Card rewards terms and conditions in the application for details and restrictions. All right, so I was going to talk about the Aurelis Chapman trade. Cubs traded for Chapman on uh, July 25th, 2016. So we were just crossing the five-year anniversary of that deal. And I was shocked to hear or to read that some fans are still mixed on that, which is crazy to me. Look, listen, everyone. Any trade that nets you a ring, that you win a World Series ring, is an amazing trade. The Cubs do not win the 2016 World Series without a Aroldis Chapman. I know he gave up the home run to Raja Davis. I know that. But he pitched, his pitching throughout, you don't, you know what I mean? It was like he got us to the next game. His performance in game five, that was must win, of course. Again, we don't win game five. We're out. We lose in five instead of coming back to win in seven. So again, we do not get a World Series ring without a Aroldis Chapman. Now, obviously, he had personal stuff aside. I'm here to talk about just the on-field performance. And he was good. He was that that big, scary guy that the other team would think about. Think about game one of the NLCS. We brought in Chapman early, and Dave Roberts was like, I have to figure out a way to get them to pinch hit for Chapman. So he loaded the bases. We pinched hit for Miguel Montero. He hits a grand slam. 
we don't need our closer anymore. We're up by four. Fowler then hits a home run after. We're up by five. That was a really bad managing by Dave Roberts. I've never seen someone so afraid where it's like, let's do this weird strategy where we put people on base on purpose just to get rid of the pitcher, which is just so weird. Because what, if you th- what if a wild pitch happened? There's so many things that could have gone wrong there. And they, they all did with one swing. Miguel Montero. That was actually Joe Buck I give a lot of guff to, and rightfully so. I feel like a lot of the times, I'm sure you're a nice guy, Joe. But his call, this is something I won't give him guff for. I'll give him praise. His call of M- Miggy Montero's home run in game one of the NLCS in 2016 was fantastic. And he's like, Grand Slam, Montero, game one hero. Like that, he nailed that. The cadence was perfect. He hit it right when Miggy was rounding first with the fist up in the air. It was fantastic. It was magical. Now, we traded Glabar Torres, who was one of our top prospects at the time, but he was only 18. He was an international prospect. We had signed both him and Eloy Jimenez around the same time. Eloy was, was way further on down at the time because, again, he was only 17 or 18 at the time. And that's something that you need to think about with this Darvish trade. We got a bunch of teenagers back, and I know Owen Casey and the other guy are absolutely looking like stars to be. I can't remember what the other two are doing. One's not playing right now or just yet, but two of them are looking like everyone who's watched them are like, oh, they're going to be good. They're going to be really good. So that's something to be excited about. I'm still not not saying it was okay to trade Darvish, but I know at the time everyone's like, we got teenagers back? That's what the Sox got back from us. They got a teenager. We gave the Yankees a teenager. Don't swear off teenagers, especially, you know, off of the 2020 season, which minor league baseball was canceled. I got to imagine our guys had these guys scouted in particular. And we're like, no, 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 we want them. Oh, we don't, we don't care what the rankings are. We, we want them right now. So Glabar Torres, I know a lot of Cubs fans years later, because he was an all-star in 2019, were kind of changing their tune being like, can't believe we have Torres. Can't believe we gave up Glabar for for Chapman. I'm like, again, you win a World Series. Anything that wins you a World Series, you take. I saw this question asked on Twitter where they said, if you could guarantee a World Series, would you trade this top prospect for two months of this guy? And people were responding, no. And I'm like, they must have missed this. There's a reading comprehension problem going on right now. It The trade guarantees you a World Series win. Like, make the trade. You 100% will win the World Series. It's guaranteed. In this, it's a hypothetical, of course, but in this hypothetical, you make this trade, you 100% guaranteed to win a World Series. And people are still like, I just can't trade that future, man. You might win one or two with that. You might. You even just said with your own words, you might win one or two down the line. This is guaranteed. Just a reminder to everyone, it's 2021. Since the year 2000, only two teams have won multiple World Series. Two. The Red Sox have won four, the Giants have won three, and the Cardinals have won two. That's it. Three teams have won multiple since the year 2000. And no team has won back-to-back since the Yankees in 99-2000. This idea that dynasties could be built, or even if you build a, a perennial team that's at the top all the time, like the Dodgers, there's no guarantee you're going to win a World Series, let alone multiple so again, if you tell me, if you tell me, if you were told me right now, the Cubs could trade Brennan Davis and it guarantees they win the 2021 World Series, I'm saying buy Brennan Davis. I will, I will help you pack. It's a the word guaranteed means you're winning. Now I know again it's a hypothetical, but but if anyone ever asks you, it's guaranteed this happens. 
you take it. You take the guarantee. It's crazy to think otherwise. That's why I will always, the Chapman trade will always be in the great trade column. Just a reminder, everybody, you want to know what Glabar Torres is up to? Here's what Glaber Torres is up to. Okay, let's see here. He is batting 243 with a 329 on base percentage. Yeah, not terrible. He's slugging a whopping 338. If you're wondering, that is terrible. He has six home runs. Okay, people who are fans of the RBI stat, 36. He's got 350 at bats. So he's played mostly 85 games. He's only missed a handful of games. We played about 93, 94 right now. Are we closer to 100 now? Either way, he hasn't missed a ton of time. He's still young. He's only 24 years old. He was really bad last year, but again, last year, I don't judge a lot of people on because it was a pandemic season, but it seemed like even, even the year 2019, when he was an all-star and had a really good year, people were looking at closer to his numbers thinking, man, if he doesn't play Baltimore, he's not that good. I know he had 38 home runs that year, but again, it's Yankee stadium. It's a different, it's not 38 home runs like it is at other stadiums. Yankee stadium next to Coors is like a, it's a band box. It's just, I, I want to hit there. So yeah, this year he is 11% below average as a hitter. He is a negative offensive player. The only reason his wins above replacement is even over is at 1.4 right now, which is decent-ish, is because his defense is pretty strong at second base. At shortstop, it's not as strong. He could probably play a little bit of third, but yeah, he's not exact. It's not again. So if you had told me we're going to trade for a little over two months of a closer going to win a world series, but the infielder we're trading, he's going to be an all-star, but then not, I mean, I I would do this trade every time. I still think a lot of Cubs fans haven't updated their take on Glaber Torres. They still think of the guy who had 38 home runs in 2019, not realizing, oh, he's not good anymore. They don't, you know, people got to follow these things. You know, sometimes you swear off people too soon. As far as trades go, I should mention that the Padres did acquire Adam Frazier earlier uh, on Sunday. They traded a guy whose name is uh, Marcano. He's an infielder, outfielder, and outfielder Jack Suwinski. He is a local guy from the northwest side of Chicago, went to Taft High School, the high school that the guys who wrote the movie Grease went to, and also Jerry Krause went to Taft High School. By the way, Jack Sawinski is one heck of a Northwest Side of Chicago last name. If you know, you know. So uh, the Padres making moves. Adam Frazier is a high-contact bat. Going to be a nice little table setter in front of Machado and Fernando Tatis. That's uh, making their offense even stronger. I still am a little surprised. I don't think the Padres are done yet, though. I think they make a move for pitching. Um, I'll be keeping you guys up to date with all of that as it unfolds. Now I don't I don't I didn't dive too deep into the RBI step, but look, I love Javi Baez. Someone brought up how good Javi Baez is with RBIs as opposed to Chris Bryant. Up until like, and I haven't updated this today, but up until recently, when with runners in scoring position, they had the same batting average. Now it's switched a little bit. I think Chris Bryant's at 250, Javi's at like 270. So at 20 points, it's a little bit of a, a distinction. Javi has way more opportunities, though. I bring this up because if you flip them. Chris Bryant almost always bats in front of Javi. I think 95% of Chris Bryant's plate appearances, he's batting in front of Javi Baez. If you switch it, Javi doesn't have the RBIs he has. Chris Bryant gets on base a lot. Way, way, way more than Javi. Oftentimes, it's Javi driving in Chris. Now, you have to remind yourself that when you look at the RBI stat. I think it's a great stat. I really do. 
of all the advanced metric stats that I've fallen in love with, I've never let go of the RBI stat. I've got a lot of friends who are just like, RBIs, it's nothing to do with you. You need people to get on base. They don't like that stat because it involves your teammates. You know, in order to have a lot of RBIs, you need a lot of people in front of you. That's not something you can control. They think it's, but I know some hitters definitely rise to the occasion. Oh, there's guys, there's ducks on the pond. They get more pumped up. So that's just something to think about. You know, when you look at why one player has a lot of RBIs and another player doesn't, look a little deeper is all my all I'm saying. Look at what they hit when there's runners on base. Look how many plate appearances they have with runners on base and compare. It makes it fun. That's what makes baseball such a fun sport to me. It's just all the different ways you could dissect it. You know, football fans, they don't, they don't dig it the way we do. They watch the game. They yell at the TV. They're not. We're smarter is my point. I love football too, actually. It's my, one of my favorite things. All right, you guys have been amazing. Thank you for checking out the Lockdown Cubs podcast. I'll be keeping you up to date on everything that's happening. You guys are the best. Write a great review if you want to help balance out the negative ones, or you don't. I don't care. I'm not one of those people that begs for reviews. Have a great Monday. You guys are the best. As always, go Cubs. Lockdown bets, everybody. Betting on the NBA, MLB, or NFL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Lockdown Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Lockdown Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts. Where's your bobber? I'm not sure. You're never going to catch anything on your phone. Well, I just reeled in some big cash. What? How? A good fisherman never tells. <laughs> it's a good thing you're not one then. Play the Michigan Lottery online or in-app for chances to win cash. Over 100 online instant games to choose from with prizes up to $500,000. Sign up using promo code FUN to receive 10 free games of Great Lakes luck. Don't miss your chance to reel in the cash. Visit MichiganLottery.com today. Knowing your limits is always the best bet. This episode is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Have you ever listened to a podcast like this one and you wanted to bring up your own point or just chat with other people that are listening at the same time? Well, let me tell you about Spotify Greenroom. This is the first social audio platform made just for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with us, other fans, athletes, insiders in real time about your favorite sport or team. Download the app, currently available on iOS devices, Create a profile, link your Twitter, join one of the groups for the latest league updates, and then you'll see us there. Spotify Greenroom, changing the way we talk sports. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Have you ever listened to a podcast like this one and you wanted to bring up your own point or just chat with other people that are listening at the same time? Well, let me tell you about Spotify Greenroom. This is the first social audio platform made just for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with us, other fans, athletes, insiders in real time about your favorite sport or team. Download the app, currently available on iOS devices. Create a profile, link your Twitter, join one of the groups for the latest league updates, and then you'll see us there. Spotify Greenroom, changing the way we talk sports. White Sox, White Sox, go, 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 go. Call your sons, call your daughters. Holy cow. You can put it on the board. Yeah. Yes. It's a perfect game. Win Grand Slam. A White Sox winner and a world championship. Jimenez, he's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know. Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb.
Hello, welcome in, welcome back. I am Chris Tannehill, one half of Locked On White Sox, just a good half. Uh, we had some technical problems here between myself and Herb Lawrence. Herb will be back tomorrow as we recap game one of the Kansas City series, which we'll preview in just a bit. Well, thank you for joining us today. Uh, The Sox were able to salvage one last night up in Milwaukee. Shout out to everyone who made the trip. We'll get to that in a second, but this episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by our friends at the Locked on Prospects podcast from team-focused farm system breakdowns, prospect rankings, and interviews with some of the brightest up-and-comers in the game. Locked on MLB prospects is the best way to stay plugged in on the future of your favorite team. That's Locked on MLB prospects podcasts. All right, so there's a lot of stuff to get into here. We'll talk about the Milwaukee series in a second, but have you guys uh, heard the good news? Have you? Eloy's That's right, Eloy Jimenez is back in the lineup tonight. Man, this is just a a remarkable turnaround time from this injury. I remember we sat there and listened to Rick Hahn talk about this injury uh, during spring training, and it seemed very, very, I don't know, unrealistic to think that he would be back by July 26th, and here he is, man. It's just, it's crazy. You know, some guys are just faster healers than others, you know, and thankfully there were no setbacks along the way. That's always what you worry about with these injuries is a setback along the way. You saw what it did to sort of mess up Adam Engel's season thus far with the injuries that he had in spring training and then the setbacks along the way. That's what I, I my concern about Luis Robert is going forward, but we'll just uh, continue to knock on wood uh, for Lou Bob there, and hopefully he's not far behind. But, yeah, man, Eloy's coming back, and, it, you know, it's just it's great. I, I didn't think he was going to be back at all, quite frankly. If I was, you know, general manager Rick Hahn, I was not going to factor Eloy Jimenez into my plans for 2021 because of that injury, and you never know how long it'll take him to come back. But here he is. So, you know, credit to Eloy and the training staff for getting him back out on the field, and credit to Eloy who put himself in this position, but obviously he followed the training regimen very closely and carefully and was uh, able to do things at the expected time frame. So, yeah, it's it's going to be exciting to see Eloy back in that lineup tonight. I just think, you know, it'll not only be a boost from the offensive production standpoint, you know, get someone in that lineup who can crush right-handed pitching, but also just a, as from a morale standpoint. You saw what he does to that that clubhouse. You know, you, you see this uh, series with Milwaukee and guys like Willie Adamas, so, you know, who are just like, you know, the the, the – vocal guys that are the the glue guys you know keeping everyone light granted didn't do much good last night they brewers lost but you know just the the white Sox dugout has seemed a little i don't know not not lifeless i don't want to say that but it just seemed kind of just like eh, and not even going through the motions because they're 19 games over 500 but just when you have a guy that's as beloved by everyone as eloy is it's going to be great to have him back in the lineup so what you're asking is how is he going to be used have have they burned his glove yet well here's tony talking about it before the game yesterday we expect eloy to be in kansas city tomorrow we're flying in the night and uh that's the case i'll write him into the lineup tomorrow do you say eloy would probably dh tomorrow to clarify no i said um, he'll be in the lineup oh shit but i think we'll look and see it uh you know you got a left or right left or, or right afternoon right what? So I think you got to factor in the weather, you know, hot and where you spot a guy here or there. So I just, you know, I think it's exciting enough for us to know he'll play tomorrow. Uh, he can play 
left field or your DH, and, and if he plays left field and Andrew plays first, maybe uh, Jose gets a, you know half a day off. So I swear, I think you just keep the options open. You know, I think actions speak louder than words, and Tony not saying much there, but you will know when that lineup comes out how they feel about Eloy, you know, going forward in left field. I certainly hope that we don't see him out there unless it's a National League park or an absolute emergency. I know you can't avoid it completely, but I just, I you know, I, I don't want to see it. I'm sorry. We Herb and I have talked about it a ton. Andrew Vaughn's earned the right to stay out there. A really nice series defensively, yet again, for for Andrew Vaughn. Made a couple nice plays and a really nice moment there for Andrew Vaughn and Tim Anderson where Andrew Vaughn is coming in on the, on the fly ball to left. Tim Anderson's going back on it, and Andrew Vaughn, out, you know, he calls Tim Anderson. He said, no, I got it, and Tim Anderson's been able to back away and good communication there by those guys. Like, he's really learning how to play left field, and I just don't think that you take that away from him uh, at this point for Eloy Jimenez. And hopefully Luis Robert not far behind either, right? You know, he's had 12 at-bats in the minor leagues for the Winston-Salem Dash, and he's got three hits uh, with a 308 OBP and a 641 OPS. So, you know, doing well, and, you know, I think for him it's mostly about uh, getting endurance and getting his legs back under him. Um, but it's another guy. It's a quick healer. I would not expect him to be down there for too long. Um, so, yeah, it's exciting times, and this, this team is finally going to look like what we thought they were going to look like at the beginning of the year, hopefully with some additions. I mean, what do you what do you, what do you mean, Tanny, additions? They they got two guys coming back right there. That's like a big trade, right? Right? Getting Eloy and uh, Luba back? No, no, not really. Not when you see what the Padres did yesterday. They landed themselves Adam Frazier from the Pirates. Pirates send over $1.4 million in cash to help cover the salary, and in exchange, the Pirates get the Padres' number five ranked infield prospect in the system and two lower-level ranked prospects in their system. So three prospects, one top five prospect, go to the Pirates. And I got to be honest with you, I was, uh, you know, whenever you see the Padres in the mix and, and you know, you're, they're going after a commodity the White Sox are, it's very triggering for us uh, as Sox fans, right? It's not the team that, that you want to see make that move, but credit to the Padres time and time again. They don't sit there and and, and rest on their laurels. You know, they, they have to compete with the Dodgers. So the Padres, a team not just trying to just settle. You know, they've already got a damn good team, but they're always trying to improve. They've got a really good farm system. They they practically do everything the White Sox don't do. They they spend money. They've they've kept the farm system in good shape for days like this. And, you know, they they make aggressive moves. You know, granted, they are in that division, like I mentioned, but you know, that, that was a really good pickup for the Padres, who they're talking about possibly having Adam Frazier play the outfield. We saw that in the uh, Pittsburgh series when the Sox were there. He certainly can do that. But the Padres acquire baseball's hit leader. And I, I do think the White Sox will make a move. We talked about Adam Frazier a ton, not necessarily an ideal fit. Um, in terms of beyond 2021 because Nick Madrigal will be coming back in 2022. And, you know, I, I would maybe be inclined to say, you know what, we'll acquire talent and let that stuff sort itself out later on. But apparently that was not Rick Hahn's uh, calculus there. And to be honest with you, I don't know if the White Sox had the prospect capital to make a move like this work. We'll find out in the uh, coming days if they were in on Adam Frazier. You hadn't heard anything. I still think they will make a move to address their need at second base. Eduardo Escobar still right there for you, providing that left-handed pop that you could use in the lineup. So uh, we'll have it all here this week as the trade deadline winds down and hopefully the Sox make a move early here and uh, sort of 
get you know we can stop sitting on needles and pins here waiting for them to make a move i'm sitting here waiting like patience on a monument for the Sox to make a move here for god's sakes but brewer series man what a fun time that was took my dad up there on saturday we attended the Sox machine 108 collaboration tailgate Freak Nick, um, that was just a good time seeing you guys out there. Uh, shout out to my guy who was wearing the, the Danny Parkins t-shirt. Uh, enjoyed that very much. Everyone else I got to talk to out there, Sam Mendelson, uh, talked to him out there. He told me great stories about his uh, grandfather in the movie Casino. Uh, it's in his Twitter bio there if you want to check out Sam on Twitter. Uh, but it, just, it was a great time. Shout out to all the guys from the 108. Shout out to uh, Jim Margulis who made the trip. Got to meet him in person for the first time and Josh Nelson who was able to uh this you know this is what i can say about josh nelson he's the man that would give you the koozie out of his pocket that's what he did i asked him if there was any koozies left these uh commemorative koozies tanny stop saying koozies okay i will uh and so he said no but hold on and he pulls one out of his pocket so to speak and he gave me one and i'm sitting here holding it right now looking at it. it's a very fine looking beverage holder uh so yeah my dad and i went up there uh, you know, not a great game for the Sox on Saturday, nor was it on Friday. But you know, shout out to everyone who made the commute for all three games. I saw Jason Benetti and the and the crew from NBC Sports Chicago, Ryan McGuffey, Chuck Garfine. They all went up there tonight. Excuse me, last night looked like fun. Uh, Jason even got in on the radio action there with uh, Lennon DJ. But yeah, you know, just a great atmosphere. Lots of Sox fans up there. Hopefully, they'll stay packing the ballpark on the South Side the rest of the season. But it's just a it's fun vibe. Love Brewers fans. They know that we're just guests up there and we're not trying to start any trouble. Uh, you know, we're just trying to get up there and drink some beer and eat some brats and, and cheer on the White Sox. So that was a really good time that we had up there. And I know Herb had a good time as well. And yeah, I will say. I'm a hypocrite. I'm sorry, folks. Uh, I had more than my share of uh, moon men up there. Uh, New Glarus moon men. There was some at the tailgate. And, uh, you know, I made the joke on Friday's show about, you know, it being an inferior beer to Spotted Cow, which it is, but it was the one that was readily available. They even had it at the uh, the local draft section down there in uh, American Family Insurance Ballpark Field. Uh, they, they had that. I, I waited in line. The lines were kind of a mess this, this weekend, but I don't know if that's just everywhere where you can't get your favorite concession. I walked all around. I just wanted to get a, a local beer on draft, and I, I walked for seemingly hours trying to find one until I found that local brew station there on the lower level in the right field corner. But they had, they had uh, New Glarus Moon Man there as well. And so I was not going to turn down a fresh new Glarus from the tap. So that was good. Cheese curds. Oh, folks, mercy. Those cheese curds. Absolutely delicious. But the Sox, uh, the story here is they were able to salvage the victory last night. And what an outing from Lance Lynn. You know, this guy is just the balls every time out, man. You know, we talk about what number one starters look like. We may not have thought this going into the season, but Lance Lynn is a number one starter right now. He's your stopper, and Carlos Rodon had that shaky outing on Saturday, but Lance Lynn comes through when you need the victory the most with six very strong innings, and of course, I've always been a fan of the pitcher hitting now that Herb's not here. I can finally uh, speak my truth and tell you how much I love the pitchers hitting, but Lance Lynn is able to contribute with the two RBI single in that ball game, which was the big difference in the game. And so he was just great. And Sebi Zavala, 
Uh, also, I mean, who else are you going to get offense from? Sebi and Lance Lynn. Uh, that's that's how you drew it up here going into the season. But, you know, Sebi did a nice job also behind the plate, catching Lance Lynn uh, and, and erratic Michael Kopech and, of course, Liam Hendricks with his nasty breaking stuff. Sebi just did a really nice job behind the plate, really uh, the, the, uh, the, the entire series when he was back there. So uh, kudos to Sebi and finally coming through with a big knock there in that ball game last night. But I'm really uh, turned on the podcast machine today to just something really made me upset this weekend there was a really just thing that'll grind your gears yes of course I'm talking about Michael Kopech's plate appearance what are you doing up there kid come on let's get up there and just take some hacks man and run a little bit harder to first base bro respect 90 for Christ's sake no I'm, I'm just kidding uh that made everyone nervous I think watching Michael Kopech out there with a bat and he was shaky in his inning of relief and I don't even want to get into the whole double switch thing frankly it's going to give me a migraine if I try to walk you guys through the thought process of a National League ballpark double switch and what you do. You know, you keep Kopech in the game, but you, you pinch hit him. Maybe you throw Hamilton there, uh, you know, but you want to keep Andrew Vaughn's bat in the game, which is what Tony clearly wanted. But either way, it worked out at the end of the day. It was weird. You know, you thought for sure Kopech was going to be able to finish that eighth inning considering he had to go up there and look ridiculous hitting uh, with his uh, with his arm brace there. Um, you know, that was funny. I saw Beef Loaf mention uh, channeling his inner uh, Barry Bonds there with the uh, with the elbow guard. So, you know, but Liam Hendricks comes on for that six-out save, and boy, he was awesome getting it up to almost 101 last night in the, in the ninth inning there. Just this is what we've been asking for the whole season, right? We, we've talked about it on the show a ton, but multi – inning high leverage Liam Hendricks and it's it's a victory they didn't absolutely need it but Cleveland won they they came back to beat the Rays and Nelson Cruz who is just hot as hell right now and they they come back and they hold on to win so the Sox needed to to hold serve and and keep their nine game lead uh in the division but I think it's important that you get a, a road win salvage one of the three-game series on Sunday Night Baseball in front of a national TV audience, and however you can get it, I'm all for it. So we'll see how Liam Hendricks is used the rest of the week here as we head to Kansas City. But he was just awesome. He was dominant. Coming off, off the mound in that eighth inning there, all fired up. Uh, I had no doubts there. I had some worries maybe uh, coming out for the ninth, how he would respond after uh, a somewhat lengthy top half of the ninth there. But uh, he came out and uh, responded and met the challenge uh, real nicely there. So a uh, tip of the cap to Liam Hendricks doing his thing. But there was something that, that really offended my baseball sensibilities this weekend. And I had a very close seat for it, but it was, of course, that Yohan Moncada play where he missed home plate. And this is another thing. I'm done with these National League games, by the way, in the National League ballparks. Not only do you have the exhausting double switch, but it just so happens that you have lots of bunting, and then you have the odd rules, and, you know, the, the whole Yohan Moncada missing home plate thing. Look, you know, uh, let, let's let Tony talk about it here. This is Tony talking about that play on Saturday with the review, and ultimately it was Yohan Moncada missing home plate, taking a run off the board for the White Sox. If you knew he missed it, I should go back and touch it. I don't know that, you know, I mean, he's there trying to avoid it. Everything's going on to throw from, you know, you don't know. And the guy's, the umpire says safe, so I guess he assumed that he had touched it. Uh, it's, it's tough to fault him there. Just, I mean, it, you talk about that, the top of that inning and the bottom of the one before, there were a lot of weird stuff going on. 
Absolutely. And this is where I would ask Herb, you know, Tony says it's tough to fault him there, Herb. Do you agree? <laughs> and we both would unanimously say, yes, you can fault him there. That was a dumb play. You know, even all of us who have played baseball on the smallest of levels, you know that home plate, if you get there, make sure you touch it. It's the most important thing, scoring runs, right? And if you think you didn't touch it, how many times do you see? You go back and you touch it just for good measure. So also you go back and touch home plate as well. But, you know, this is that's a really inexcusable play, I think, by Moncada, who's been great all year. And we don't really typically ride uh, the players, you know, for, for stuff like that. But to me, that was just so odd. Like I, I had never seen anything like that in baseball where a guy came so close to – touching home play without touching it and then not going back. You know, usually if you touch home play, you know you touched it. And then I know the umpire called him safe, so maybe he felt, I know this happens to me all the time, like, you know, you just, the self-doubt creeps in. Maybe he thought, okay, I, I had to have touched it because I was called safe, but obviously not. And obviously the, the odd mound visit uh, leading into the subsequent review, and then I thought maybe lawyer Tony was going to get us our, our run back uh, back on the board, but it was not the case. Uh, but it was just a really odd circumstance at the ballpark there. But it all comes out in the wash because he didn't touch home plate. The Sox didn't deserve to score on that play. I don't care how long they had to meet and convene and replay that that video. He did not deserve to score that run there because he didn't touch home plate. Simple as that. So I guess closing thoughts on the Brewers series here as we turn the page and move on before Kansas City series. You know, it's what we said. Runs were going to be at a premium for the White Sox. I, I thought maybe the White Sox would hold them down from the starting pitching perspective a little bit better. Did not expect uh, Rodon and the bullpen to be as bad as they were this series. But, you know, it, it was a good test for the Sox. And, you know, they, they didn't pass the test with flying colors. You know, but a couple of things here or there break your, your way. And I know Friday had its issues with umpiring and, and things like that. And, and Bummer had an odd outing. But, you know, I, I think I wouldn't think any differently about the White Sox after this series. You know, we'd, you'd love for them to play better, but ultimately you're talking about a nine-game lead here and you're just taking days off the calendar and you would like a better showing on the road. The Sox seem to not do so well on the road against good teams. Now, that does that mean I think they're not a good team and they're not – right where they belong in terms of those other teams in baseball? No, I just, you know, circumstances, you know, if you, if you could line things up ideally and you got, again, I want to see the way this team looks with their lineup intact and with whatever additions they're going to make. Yes, they do need help, but uh, this is, you know, just a disappointing series overall, but I don't feel any different way about the team. I still think they're one of the best teams in baseball, the White Sox are, but I will say the Brewers though, man, the Brewers, that, that pitching staff is legit, man. Like it was a treat watching those three guys out there uh, take them out for Milwaukee and they got a fun mix of guys too offensively you know obviously you've heard a lot about the Adamas trade and what it's done for them uh, a nice pickup and Rowdy Telez also like that they're you know making additions on the fly you know and I, I credit their front office for for doing that and they, they've they're improving as we go here that could be a scary team for someone to face in the National League uh, in the postseason I, I don't want to face them again especially up there that's for sure Let's check out a voicemail before we get out of here, shall we? It's been a while since we've uh, checked in on the Locked on White Sox voicemail. That's 312-566-8727. That's 312-566-8727. And what better way to start your week and recap a victory than none other than our guy. Hey there, boys. It's Paul Correct. Uh, following a, uh, a lovely little Sunday night win we, that we desperately needed, so... Um, 
fantastic stuff. Uh, couldn't it, if we get swept by the Brewers, uh, the, there's a lot of talk. Here's the thing. Here are the things I want to say. I'll do it quickly. First, after Lance, after Lance Lynn's RBI, double RBI single, uh, and when he was standing at first, I, is there a chance that him and Rowdy tell us are maybe long lost cousins? possible. Also, uh, what the hell is Tony LaRusso doing batting Michael Kopech? And then finally, uh, god damn it, what was the last thing? <laughs> I don't even know. Oh, no, I know what it is. It's really important, actually. It's the most important thing. Watching the ESPN broadcast tonight, Eduardo Perez doesn't know what he's talking about, but the best part about it, I don't have to see those Allen Iverson uh, point spec commercials. Get your bit fast. <laughs> Better not fast. Like, you have to watch 17 of those commercials. So at least I didn't have to do that. Good win. Keep up the good work. Bye. Thank you, Paul. Love you. Miss you. Thanks for checking in. Um, yeah, man. Um, the ESPN crew thing was weird because, you know, A-Rod does the A-Rod thing, but I do think the broadcast was a lot cleaner last night and, and easier to, to consume than a typical Sunday night broadcast is. Um, so, you know, Eduardo Perez did have a couple of things that you could tell, you know, Matt Spiegel coined the phrase out of town stupid. You could tell there, there was some of that going on, talking about leaving Brian Goodwin in the game for defensive purposes. No, 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 that ain't it, champ. <laughs> that really isn't. And you saw some of those plays out there to to uh, right center where Goodwin was not able to to corral that one that we were all saying on Twitter. Maybe uh, Luis Robert comes up with that one. But, yeah, there was a, a few clunky moments like that. But overall, Eduardo Perez does a, a nice job. Um, you know, and Matt Vasgersian's a little bit, uh, you know, toned down version of, of what we usually get when he's with A-Rod. So, yeah, I thought they did an okay job. You know, it's never ideal. I don't prefer the White Sox to be on ESPN Sunday Night Baseball. I don't like a late night to, to end the week. So, you know, that's just me selfishly. But it's always good to get them in the national spotlight. And I thank you, Paul, for checking in as always. We'll take a quick time out and we'll honor Hall of Famer Hawk Harrelson. That's next here on Locked on White Sox. This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Money lines every night, over unders. It's all there for you if you enjoy betting on baseball at Bet Online. They've got all all the other sports too, NBA Finals coming to a close, football futures, golf. I've talked to you about some of the crazy fun prop bets they have going on at Bet Online. Got some new ones here just added. Aside from the alien abduction props, which I always enjoy, they have who will Bill Gates date next? What about Jeff Bezos? Who will marry first, Bezos or Gates? You can place a bet on that. Before the next pitch, head to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in on the game as teams prep for their runs to the postseason. Head to the website and use your mobile device today to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Where's your bobber? I'm not sure. You're never going to catch anything on your phone. Well, I just reeled in some big cash. What? How? A good fisherman never tells. <laughs> it's a good thing you're not one then. 
Play the Michigan Lottery online or in-app for chances to win cash. Over 100 online instant games to choose from with prizes up to $500,000. Sign up using promo code FUN to receive 10 free games of Great Lakes luck. Don't miss your chance to reel in the cash. Visit MichiganLottery.com today. Knowing your limits is always the best bet. Hawk Harrelson was inducted finally to Baseball's Hall of Fame. He was the 2020 winner of the Ford C. Frick Award given to the most outstanding baseball broadcaster. Al Michaels was inducted for 2021. So it's a pretty good class. And Hawk finally gets in there. And look, you know, if you're a Sox fan, you know you feel a certain way about Hawk. You know, Jason Benetti has done a tremendous job. But that's how blessed we are as Sox fans to have the the history of broadcasters that we have had. You know, Jason Benetti takes the torch from Hawk seamlessly, but Hawk just leaves the legacy behind and so many of us still uh, you know, we, we grew up watching the Hawkeroo. And, you know, if you're like me, you grew up watching Hawk and Wimpy, you know, and maybe younger listeners, Hawk and DJ or Hawk and Stoney. But here's a man, when you look at what's, what it's what it means to be a Hall of Famer, and I think Hawk embodies that because it's it's do you give more to the game than what you took from it? And and I think that can be said for Hawk in the broadcasting booth. We all know all the catchphrases and everything else that, that Hawk has added over the years, you know, duck snort, can of corn, all that good stuff. So, you know, I, I think he deserves to be there, and I'm so happy. I, I watched his speech, and, you know, it was really cool to see Darren Jackson there. Um, Bob Grimm was there, former White Sox employee. And Jerry Reinsdorf was there. Um, you know, so it was really nice of those guys to, to all show up, DJ and Bob Grimm, uh, to see Hawk be enshrined in Cooperstown. And, of course, what does he do? In his first moments here, I enjoyed this moment very much. And thanks for all the great people here at the Hall of Fame, and thanks for the tremendous accommodations that you provided and hospitality. But I gotta ask Joe Torrey, where to go. I gotta ask Joe Corey a question. How in the world did you ever leave the National League when you ran like Gus Triandos? <laughs> <laughs> Joe was not fleet of foot. Of course, talking about Joe Torrey, and uh, you say Gus Triandos. Where did I hear that name before? All you Wire fans are out there shouting at your uh, devices right now. Gus Triandos. Who's Gus Triandos? He's a catcher with the Orioles back in the day. I mean, my brother had his card. Sorry looking motherfucker, man. I mean, he looked like this little kid who got left at a bus station by, by his parents. You know why? Because he had to catch Hoyt Wilhelm's knuckleball. Five fucking years. The worst gig in baseball. It was like trying to catch a grease pig with wings. I mean, he even told a reporter once, Wilhelm nearly ruined me. Gus Triandos, big slow guy. <laughs> Love that. So, you know, Hawk had, had a really nice speech where, you know, it was a lot shorter than I, than I thought it would have been. But, you know, uh, it, you know, it was very anti-Hawk where you thought Hawk would go up there and really chew the scenery and enjoy his moment there. And I, I certainly hope he did. But it was a little bit different uh, wherever they were doing it from there. Uh, you know, not a big open air event like you normally your Hall of Fame would have with a big crowd. This was just friends and family, it looked like. Um, but Hawk did reveal the genesis of uh, one of uh, our favorite Hawkisms. This ball game is OVA. And uh, here's a little clip that I selected just with, with Hawk talking about the lineage of, of that story, where that phrase came to be, and uh, the end of his speech here. I, I have compiled it in a couple-minute clip here. I hope you guys enjoy. If you did not have a chance to hear Hawk's speech yesterday, here it is. And talking about 
certain the beauty of the game, you know, I'll, I can talk to the commissioner and Joe because of the fact you guys have got to do something about scheduling five o'clock games in California, especially when Nolan Ryan was pitching. <laughs> the only reason Joe did it because he didn't have to hit against him anymore. But talking about that, we had a center fielder, a rookie center fielder named Ralph Gar, and he had never faced Nolan. So before the game, Nolan's out there taking his warm-up tosses, guards, walking up and down the dugout. says, all right, guys, come on now. I heard this guy's overrated. Let's, let's get to him. I'll get on, and you guys find a way to get me around. So Ralph, little left-handed hitter, goes up there, and Nolan's first pitch right here, you can't see Diddley's squat. First pitch right here is 101. Ralph didn't move. Next pitch he threw him right here is 101. He didn't move. Next pitch he threw him right here was 102. And the only movement was when he turned around to go back to the dugout. So he goes back to the dugout, he puts the bat in the right, takes off his helmet and says, boys, this ball game is over. <laughs> and that's about the way it was too with Nolan Ryan out there. But I've had a great career, I've been blessed. I was a great athlete and I had some great help in the booth. And I'm gonna end this right now so we can keep on with the program. This is my favorite, this is my favorite toast. I gave this at Arnold's 80th, Arnold Palmer's 80th birthday, and after it's over, he hugged me and he said, thank you, Hawk. And you know what a toast is? When you take a man's money, you take a man's money. But when you take a man's time, you take a part of his life. And I want to thank you all for all the parts of eight decades of your time. Thank you very much. Eight decades in baseball, and now Hawk Harrelson enshrined in Cooperstown. I'm looking forward to getting back there uh, sometime in the near future and, uh, and and seeing the plaque and seeing his photo in the broadcaster's wing of the Baseball Hall of Fame. And by the way, pick those names up there, Hawk. Uh, you know, <laughs> typical Hawk fashion. Oh, by the way, uh, you know, Arnold Palmer's 80th birthday. I, I love that. I met Hawk once. It was when... Uh, the documentary was premiering for NBC Sports Chicago, the Hawk documentary. There was a press event, and I was able to go up there and talk to him for a second and uh, and, and shake his hand. And, uh, you know, um, it was a very brief uh, interaction, but I'll cherish that photo I took with him forever, uh, I do suspect. And, you know, there was uh, many times that, you know, you, you cross paths in the bowels of the ballpark, and he'd always uh, call everyone big guy. And, uh, you know, if he didn't know your name, he'd say, hey, big guy, you know, he, Hawk would come just, you know, screaming out of that uh, out of that TV booth to get down in the car as soon as that ball game was over. You know, it would be a race between uh, Hawk and Gene Honda as who was going to get out of there uh, the fastest. So you'd see Hawk coming down the stairs. Hey, take care, big guy. You know, so I do miss seeing Hawk at the ballpark. Uh, but congratulations to the Hawkeroo being enshrined in Cooperstown. Take a quick time out. Preview the Royal Series next here on Locked on White Sox. This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar, it's the best tasting protein bar ever. You got to sign up for the email and text alerts with Built Bar like I did because then you won't miss out on limited flavors like what they have right now. Grasshopper cookie it's built bars version of the classic thin mint cookie that you guys all know and love all the flavor without that sugar just 150 calories 17 grams of protein and just five grams of sugar i'm down 24 pounds now thanks to built bar been getting those bad sweet treats out of my life replacing them with built bars and it's worked great as a matter of fact i just got my shipment in of my new favorite flavor german 
chocolate. They are outstanding. They're 180 calories, 17 grams of protein, only five grams of sugar, and just four grams of net carbs. And I only got them because I signed up for their email and text alert. So as soon as my favorite flavor was back in stock, and that's the thing about a lot of these flavors, they sell out quickly. I was able to get in there and get my box of 18 before I go on vacation. So now I won't be without them even on vacation. And there's flavors for everyone at BuiltBar.com. Coconut, Cherry Barcia, Raspberry, Mint Brownie, Double Chocolate, Salted Caramel, Strawberry, Orange, Cookies and Cream. There's so many different flavors, an endless variety of flavors depending on what your tastes are. So order today. Get the Grasshopper Cookie or even Raspberry or whatever you like. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Isn't that cool? Go to Built.com and use our promo code LOCKED15. That's going to get you 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Built Bar, it's the best tasting protein bar ever. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. What's one thing you'd purchase with a little extra savings? A weighted blanket? Smart speaker? That new self-care trend you keep hearing about? Well, Progressive wants to make sure you're getting what you want by helping you save money on car insurance. Drivers who save by switching to Progressive save over $700 on average. And customers can qualify for an average of six discounts when they sign up. Discounts like having multiple vehicles on your policy. Progressive offers outstanding coverage and award-winning claim service. Day or night, they have customer support 24-7, 365 days a year. When you need them most, they're at their best. A little off your rate each month goes a long way. Get a quote today at Progressive.com and see why 4 out of 5 new auto customers recommend Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National annual average insurance savings by new customers surveyed in 2020. Potential savings will vary. Discounts vary and are not available in all states and situations. Betting on baseball doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. Wrapping it up here. Thank you for enduring me solo here. Uh, You know, Herb will be back with me tomorrow. Uh, and we'll recap the game one of the Royals series. And on the bump for the White Sox will be, uh, it's going to be a battle of lefties down there in Kansas City. It's going to be Dallas Keuchel going up against Mike Miner. Keuchel 7-3 with a 4-2-2 ERA. Mike Miner 7-8 with a 5-4-5 ERA. So the Royals, man, they're always, you know, they played the Brewers pretty tough last week. So they always will, will play the Sox tough. We know that. But Eloy Jimenez is coming back. Good God. Thank the Lord. We'll finally get to see Eloy back in his red batting gloves. And he's undead. Is it zombie Eloy? Do anyone ever factor that? Because Eloy was dead. Jose Abreu basically was, they were treating him like he was dead early on in the season. And now he'll be resurrected. Um, so it'll be fun to see Eloy back in the lineup. But her will be back tomorrow to recap that one and i thank you from the bottom of my heart for joining me today big week ahead trade deadline week we will of course uh, break in with any special shows not an emergency show but if a a trade breaks we will have an episode dedicated entirely to it even if that falls uh, over the weekend here as trade deadline coming up on the 30th which is a friday so uh, we will, uh, you know, maybe have a recap on Saturday if it's a big trade. So you, you usually our Friday shows in the books by then, but we'll see how this uh, thing goes here, man. I don't think Rick Hahn is going to stand pat here, uh, even with his two acquisitions, uh, so to speak, with Eloy and Lou Bob coming back. 
soon. I don't think he will sit on his hands. I think Rick Hahn is smart enough to know the opportunity that is at hand here. And this Brewers series really was another one of those wake-up calls. Like, the, the roster is screaming at you. These are our needs. These are our weaknesses. More help in the bullpen. Uh, another left-handed bat. You know, a viable defensive option at second base every day. So hopefully those things do get rectified and we'll break it all down if they do. That's all I got. I'm Chris Tannehill. Herb will be back with me tomorrow. That's all I got. LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. Hit up the voicemail during the game. Anything you see out there that, that strikes you one way or another, 312-566-8727. That's 312-566-8727. I'm Chris Tannehill. This has been Locked on White Sox. Where's your bobber? I'm not sure. You're never going to catch anything on your phone. Well, I just reeled in some big cash. What? How? A good fisherman never tells. <laughs> it's a good thing you're not one then. Play the Michigan Lottery online or in-app for chances to win cash. Over 100 online instant games to choose from with prizes up to $500,000. Sign up using promo code FUN to receive 10 free games of Great Lakes luck. Don't miss your chance to reel in the cash. Visit MichiganLottery.com today. Knowing your limits is always the best bet. This episode is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Have you ever listened to a podcast like this one and you wanted to bring up your own point or just chat with other people that are listening at the same time? Well, let me tell you about Spotify Greenroom. This is the first social audio platform made just for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with us, other fans, athletes, insiders in real time about your favorite sport or team. Download the app, currently available on iOS devices, Create a profile, link your Twitter, join one of the groups for the latest league updates, and then you'll see us there. Spotify Greenroom, changing the way we talk sports.